0: if you would, to James chapter 2, verse 14. If you're visiting with us today, we're in a series that we're calling Peace Under Pressure. We're just kind of going through the book of James and seeing how God brings peace into our lives in the difficult situations that we face and uh, how life is better really just doing what he wants us to do. I mean, he made us... In, and uh, the more we get in line with his program for our lives, the better life really is. So James chapter 2, verse 14, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, bless the reading of your word today. Open hearts and lives, Lord, change, change us today as we read your word. Change us, Lord, as we uh, just hear the words of scripture and look to Jesus and just rely upon you, Father, to pour out what we need here today. Come, Holy Spirit, just in the fullness of your grace and love to us. Change us, in Jesus' name, and we say together, amen. Awesome. Okay, James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Lord bless the reading of your word today. Amen. The year was 1986, well before many of the people in this room were born. I just realized as I started this story. Long ago and far away in another land. It was 1986. And, uh, and I was sitting over this passage. And I was looking at this passage. And I was wrestling with what I was reading. And I remember where I was sitting, the kitchen table where I was sitting. About six months earlier, I had had a dramatic encounter with Jesus Christ. My life had been radically changed. And yet I was still kind of doinking around with some stuff in my life that needed to go. I was, I was just kind of, uh, I don't know, jacking around is the, the word. I don't know if that works, but just, I was, I just wa- there was things in my life that I believed that my life was not lining up with. Does that make sense? So I believed in the Lord, and I wanted to follow him, but I had all this, this baggage and loose stuff, and I needed, to, I needed to make a turn, and I made a commitment that day in my heart and in my life, that my actions were going to match up with my faith. And it changed my life. It was, it was a crossroads. And it was after I'd already met the Lord, but it was still a crossroads. It was another crossroads that, that where the Lord really used that to change me. And I just want to say to us as we read this today, this is one of those Crossroads kinds of passages. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever been at the crossroads? And just it's like, it's I got to change. This is not okay to keep just being lukewarm, partial. You know the way the way I think about it is, I had this house that's my life, and I was letting Jesus into a bunch of the rooms in the house, just not all of them, and and certainly not the closets. But he was welcomed into quite a few of the rooms. But he wants all of us. You know, one of the tragedies of modern, Western, evangelical theology is a hard break between justification and sanctification. And when that happened in the Reformation, I mean, they were really fighting for some things about being free from legalism. And guilt-ridden, shame-filled, climbing up the steps on their knees and all that kind of stuff in order to try to earn a, a removal of shame and guilt with God. And so they were really fighting for something, you know, this the justification by faith, peace. It's huge. But in making a hard separation between that and living the life, we miss, oftentimes we really miss, a lot of what the Christian life is supposed to be about. And we take... This, this beginning, walking through the door, kind of part of the journey, and we say everything else then is going to be optional. You know, like I've done 101, but I'm just not sure about 201, 301, 401. That's kind of for aggressive, serious, mission minded, whatever. You know, you, everybody tracking with me? Here, yeah, I'm trying to be as clear as I can. And, uh, you know, where you, you read the Gospels and you don't see Jesus kind of bent out of shape on justification by faith, okay? He just says, come, follow me. Lay everything down, and you come and follow me. I want to be first in your life, absolutely first. I want to be king. I want to be Lord in your life. And a better way of seeing things is to think holistically. Think that Jesus has done what we could never, ever, in a million years do on our own, ever. While we were enemies, he came and stepped into our world and made everything right. That's good news. And when you think about it like that, then you're free to just run. You know, just 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 go running with God. Um, there was a show that came on years ago called Little House on the Prairie. And it always started off with Laura running through the wheat field. <laughs> That's going to freak people out that I was running down the steps. Kim, tell me, don't, don't do that next week. But she's just happy, running through the fields. Just a little girl, just filled with joy. And that's how God wants us. Following Him. Running with Him. Walking with Him. He's done this work, and He wants to see it worked out in us. And the end question, you know, even when you read Jesus, it's, always, it's not always, hey, so that you can go to heaven when you die. I want to make things right in the world right now. I want to restore everything. I want to just, just... Absolutely re-envision your life and everyone's life and the world itself, creation itself even, being restored, renewed, made right. And that means that all these crossroads places, these crossroads decisions that we come to, they're huge. They're shaping us. I'm being, always being shaped, we call it being conformed to the image of Christ, but I'm always being shaped more and more for somebody, to be somebody who's ready for heaven. I'm making that choice, or I'm making a choice that hinders me on that journey. Everybody tracking there? It's like morality. You know, if you could, C.S. Lewis uses the picture of us, all people being like a, a big armada, a big fleet of ships, and we say, well, you know, my decisions don't hurt other people, but they do. Uh, Sometimes they absolutely violate somebody else's rights, or it would be heinous, you know, and it's like we're taking our ship and just, and crashing into them. And then somebody else says, but no, I'm making decisions that don't affect anybody else, it's all just me, and what I decide, you know, is, is it's just affecting me. But even still, like a ship has an internal engine and all that kind of stuff, if we're not taking care of business and making wise choices, we eventually lead to a kind of breakdown place in our own life and maybe the ship stopping would drift over and you know the controls being out of whack would crash into another ship and even that fleet itself we've got a destination it's not just like we're just sailing along going nowhere God is leading us somewhere we're not heading off of, from New York to London and going to end up in Sydney but understand that so these decisions these crossroads places are huge and it's so much a part of us walking in peace and life. Okay? So a lot of the, the lack of peace, the anxiety that we walk in, the brokenness, they come from decisions that we make that are out of line with what God's calling us to. And so I think this this, uh, this passage is is big for us today. Again, back to the Reformation again. Martin Luther, he called this... He called the whole letter of the james' the book of James a right, strawy epistle, and, and by that he just meant that it 's kind of like straw compared to like Romans or something like that doesn 't have in this bugged him right here they 're justified by what he does and not by faith alone again he 's fighting that battle that I was talking about earlier i mean when Paul talks about works, he's usually specifically talking about works of the Jewish law that designated the Jews as being a part of the, ch- the chosen people of God, okay? And it's not like they were, um, I think this will help, it's not like they were trying to earn their salvation by the works that they did. God had told them to do this. He'd already chosen them, remember? He chose Abraham, you know, and that's part of, we've got to get that mindset in ourselves. He's chosen us, in Christ, before the creation of the world, to be adopted as sons and daughters. And man, with that kind of a choosing, then we're free to live and to really go for it. And if we take, whether it's James or Paul or anything, without looking at what Jesus has done for us, man, we'll end up sideways real quick. We good? So, the main thing I'm trying to say today is this. God wants us to see that living faith is like a living person, a faith that's marked by actions. Okay, that last verse there, just look at that last verse because that's kind of a key for me today. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And for me, I look at faith and I think faith should be connected to spirit. But that's not what happens with James here. He says, as a body without the spirit is dead. How many of you guys have been to a funeral? You know, and you, I, I'm telling you, there's not probably, I don't know that I've ever been to one funeral where I didn't walk past the casket, whoever it was, and look at them and go, they're not there. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's a body, it's like, they're not there. Their, their spirit is gone, you know? And so they're not there, and it's like, so what he's saying is, faith is like the body. Our faith is like a body. And it's either going to be animated Doing stuff. I'm trying to do stuff. Y'all work with me. And uh, faith is either going to be animated or it's going to be dead because there's no action in it. So just having an intellectual kind of conception of this deal is not ever how God intended for us to, to live. Faith without actions. It's, it's, it's like a body that's without a spirit. So here we go. Three different kinds of faith that he mentions. And then I'll make a couple of suggestions for us for moving forward. So three different kinds of faith. First of all, verses 14 through 17, a faith that doesn't act is dead. What good is it, brothers? A man claims to have faith, but no deeds. Can such a faith save him? A brother or sister comes. There's, they need daily food. If one of you says, go, I wish you, warm, uh, wish you well. Be, keep warm and well-fed. But does nothing to help. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So the, the deal here, in this particular one, faith without action is dead, is that it's, it's money, it's time, it's focus. Those are the things that are really big to us. Our money, our time, and our focus, our attention. So what gets our attention, what gets our money, what gets our time, and how we use time, how we use money, how we use our ability to focus on things, Is a big telling factor of where our faith is really at—how it's living or how it's not living. That's the point there, straight up, straightforward. You know, it's like Camille's word today: have eyes that are open, that are receiving the love of God, so that we can see how God wants us to love other people. That's what's going on there. That's that's what that word's all about. And again, like we talked about last week, if I'm not getting filled up on God's love, I'm not going to have something to give to others. Jamie, at the center of life, is an empty source. I'm an empty center. I need God at the center in order to have something for someone else. And I'll be whooped, worn out, burned out, tired. You know, just I quit, you know, without God. Okay? That's encouraging, I think. (laughs) But I'm turning to Jesus, so I I don't want to quit. I'm in for the long haul. Okay, number two, different kinds of faith. Faith that doesn't act as dead, faith that just acknowledges God. Okay, here's another one. This, is a, this one's pretty popular, but uh, I didn't want to call it, it well, let me read it first. Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith. Without deeds, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God, good. Even demons believe that and shudder. Okay, so faith that just acknowledges God is not what we're talking about here in this passage. This is not a living faith. This is not what God's going for. Just acknowledging God is not the faith that God's looking for. Um, demonic faith would be another way of saying that. There's a shock value. I think James is going like, "Hey, even demons believe that there's God." You know, so do we, that's the that's the deal there. Faith that just acknowledges God. The third kind of faith is a faith that is alive with action, okay? And the the example of this is, is Abraham, who lives out his faith, who walks this thing out, and even at the end, it says that he was called God's friend. He related to God by the fact that he heard God, and he responded to what God was saying in his life. And ultimately, that's kind of where I'm going with this message, is that God wants us to be a people that hear God and respond to him, that we walk in faith and respond to him. Here's a great way to see it. God chose Abraham, and Abraham could have de- declined, but that is the dignity that God gives us as human beings, to respond to him. You know, we're not robots. We're not robots. And we get to respond to God. That's what, part of what makes you know, Chris and Tiffany's love relationship work, is that she chooses him and he chooses her. And it works when it's like that. He responded. He believed. He acted. And uh, I think if we could just see this as a seamless whole, rather than trying to, that's over there, faith's over there, our actions are over here, I don't want to be a legalist, I'm going to stay over here, right? Think more like holistic. Holistic. Jesus has done it all. God has chosen us in Christ. You, me, everyone. And He invites us to see what He's done and to be thrilled and to be thankful for it and to participate with Him. This is one big honking invitation to join God in what God's doing on the earth. To join Him in what He's provided for us in Jesus. The freedom, the blessing, the forgiveness, the the joy... The peace, you know, all of those things that just make life beautiful and make it work. You know, he's, he's calling us into that. And if, um, yeah, I already made the point there on faith and work separation. So let's, let's look at how do we move forward with this? A few ways to move forward. I've got three things. Three things, and then we'll have a little bit of ministry today. But three ways to move forward. Number one, keep looking to Jesus. Amen. Keep looking to Jesus and, and remember the whole plan. Remember that it's not, a, it's not isolated, compartmental, systematic kind of things. Jesus is, Jesus brings it all together for us. We can say all kinds of things theologically and all that, but Jesus is the one who brings it all together. When we focus on Him, a lot of the peripheral stuff that we get bogged down in and I can't do that because then I'll be a legalist or I'm a works person if I follow Jesus. like like, oh my goodness... Let's keep our eyes on him, listen to what he's saying, and follow him. Um, there's not another plan. There's, Let me say it this way. There's only one person who can live the Christian life. His name is Jesus Christ. And we were never intended to live this life any other way than by his life. That's it. That's the deal. So we look to Jesus, and you know what Jesus is doing with us all the time? He's speaking to us. So Romans 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And literally in the Greek it says the Rhema of Christos. Okay, so think about that. Rhema is kind of a it's a special Greek word that really has more of an emphasis on the spoken word. The spoken word. So it's it's like faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the spoken word of Christ. You know, there are verses in the Bible that I've read a hundred times, and then on time 101, everything changes because Jesus speaks to me out of that passage. And it's like, whoa, light, you know. And I, and it's, it's not always like that. But my point is, when Jesus speaks, everything changes. And you could read a verse 50 times and on 51 he speaks and all of a sudden now you're ready to act. When Jesus speaks, you know it just it's like everything it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it, it and the more sensitive we get to him speaking, the more we delight in following him and taking steps into what he's calling us into. And and then as we do that, and just Here's, here's the way I want to say that. Be experimental about that. Just take it's a big experiment. Nobody does it perfect. I don't. Some of the best ways I've learned how to hear the voice of God, hear Jesus speaking to me, is when I've missed it. It's embarrassing, but it's truth. Like Jesus saying, "Don't do that, don't go there, don't do that.'t <laughs> Bam! You know, Bad news. It's like, think back, rewind, rewind. That was Jesus' voice. He was speaking to me. You know, I'm learning slowly. You know. Another one. Here's another great verse. Just write this down. I think I put it in the notes. Galatians two twenty. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But I live, but Christ lives me lives in me, and I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Okay, so Christ lives in me, and the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now, here's what I want us to do. Now, it's great having a Bible translator for a fellow elder. Isn't that great? Like, somebody who, like, literally, he's a patristics guy, has a Ph.D. in theology, and translates the Bible for a living. He's not here today. I don't. There he is. Okay. I wouldn't have said all that if I would not thought you <laughs> Sorry. Awkward. I really thought you weren't here. <laughs> I was really relying on that extra authority from Yancey. But, uh, but, but one of the points I want to make here is that, that in scholarship right now, one of the things that's happening is people are seeing that this word in, that, that can be translated several different ways. And one of the ways is to translate it of. And I li- the life I live in the body, I live by the faith of, of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Like it's Jesus' life. It's Jesus' life animating us. It's, the, it's His faith. It's His life. It's all Him. And it puts way more emphasis on the strength and the power of Jesus rather than the, my you know, I'm going to believe. Doggone it. You know oh. You know, crash and burn again you know and when Jesus does it you know it's like i'm going to live by his faith that's good news that is good news so keep looking to Jesus the speaking savior the living savior the one who wants to live the life in and through us amen keep looking to Jesus just thought i'd throw that out as a new idea around here at Christ fellowship <laughs> kidding number 2 Second thing, how to move forward here, is keep receiving God's love. So keep looking to Jesus. Keep receiving God's love. The thing is, you know, we talked about judgment last week, but, but this week, you know, one of the things that hinders me from following Jesus and what He's telling me to do, I don't know about you guys, but for me, one of those things is fear. Can I get a witness? And so fear, you know, I, I, I think he's telling me to do something. And I'm like, uh, you know, and and so I need the love of God, because what does the love of God do to fear in our lives? It drives it out. It's like we get as the more we get filled up with God's love, the less room there is for fear, fear of man, fear of stuff, anxieties, stuff that we've just just grown up in just a part of our lives because of our brokenness and darkness and all that stuff. And so, you know, w- whether it's judgment, now we're talking about just loving people. I mean, ultimately, these actions that we're talking about, it's not complicated rocket science stuff. Everybody goes, I don't want to go to Mozambique. Uh, when I was, uh, I just, if I, if I follow Jesus, I'm going to, I just, I'm out of here. I'm going to get the assignment to Mozambique. And praise the Lord for everybody who goes to Mozambique. But you know what? God has a plan for each of our lives that's just right for for Don and Rainy. Just, just right. He's going he's to lead you. He'll give you just a sense of life and joy and peace about being where you're supposed to be. Finding your place. Your bit of earth to be on, to be in. These things all fit together. You know, I can't... I, I, it sets me free to walk from walking in fear. It sets me free from judging other people. It sets me free to, to just mix... Actions in with my faith. Okay? And the third piece then, keep looking to Jesus, keep receiving God's love, and then keep responding to God. This is the obedience part. This is the action part. And the way Paul says it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, he says, The only thing that counts, and this is why I talked about receiving God's love first. Paul says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself how? in love. Okay, and again, in the New Testament, agape is this, is this love that just makes everything, it makes all the other loves fit into the right place. Self-sacrificing, willing to die for love, it absolutely makes all the other loves right. Now, if you make one of those other loves in the pla- put it in the place of agape, then everything kind of gets out of whack. You know, if you take eros and you put eros you know, just a physical love at at the very top, you're going to get out of whack. It's the agape, selfless, willing to lay down your life for someone that brings all the other, whether it's a brotherly love or a physical intimacy, husband and wife. it 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 makes everything fit and snap into place when the first thing is first. So, looking to Jesus, receiving God's love, Faith and, and, and uh, keeping, keep responding to God. So faith expressing itself in love. Remember that verse we talked about last week, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 2, that if I have the faith to move mountains, but I don't have love. So it's just huge. We've we got to mix uh, just as we're thinking about acting. I'm not just acting to act. I'm not just doing to do. I'm being an, a conduit for the love of God being expressed to other people in service, touching them, smiling. Um, you know, one of the, I was reading uh, Lewis last night, and he said one of the most convicting things that should convict us all of our wickedness is our inability to do the simple command of rejoicing at all times. <laughs> 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 that was funnier to me than it was to you guys. <laughs> I, just, I was like, that's really good. I just feel conviction because I, I want to be somebody whose eyes look like they're filled with the love of God. I want my smile to be like it looks like it's all just filled up and baptized in God's love. I want my touch and hugs to be like God touching somebody, like a little Jesus touching somebody. Yeah, so a real living faith that we're talking about, again, Paul, there's different ways the New Testament says this. Philippians 2, 12, and 13 says it like this. God's done this incredible thing in you. You could never do it. You could never do it. Now, what he's done in you and what he's doing, he's continuing to just, it's like in James, it's the word of truth that's been birthed in you that's leading to new creation. That's the way James says it. Paul says it. He's worked this thing in you. Now, work out your salvation. Work out what he's worked in. He's done it in here. Now, it's an inside-out job. Okay, let's say that together. It's an inside-out job. He's working on the inside of us. He's changing us. He's transforming us. And he gives us these wonderful opportunities to respond to him. Okay, so I'm, I'm landing here, landing the plane. And I just want to say that this is an invitation, you guys. Uh, just, it's an invitation for right where you're at today. An invitation for you to join God. You know, and it could be, it's, it's a thousand different things. It's, you know something that needs to happen at your house. Something your wife would be blessed by you doing. Something your husband would be blessed by you doing. How about that? Um, it's something at your work. It's listening. Just You're going to get up tomorrow morning, say, Lord, speak to me about work today. And it might be, As simple as, hey, I want you to be happy today. I want you to smile around the office. Be a contagious person for my presence around the office. Um, You know, one of the things I'm starting to see is that whatever God's doing, whatever God's doing right now, whatever he's going to do, he's going to use us to do it. He's he's, going to work through people to do what he wants done on the earth. And in our culture, you guys, it's real easy. It's very possible to be a name-only Christian. You know, just name-only. Just mainly it's about this label. I did this faith thing. I I was baptized when I was 12, 15, whatever. You know, it's just that happened back then. And it's kind of optional how I live now. I'm telling you, the greatest joys that you'll ever experience are living day by day, just like it was when you started that journey. Just saying, oh God, I'm yours. You know, I, And I just feel like a, a broken record at times on this that we get pulled deeper and deeper into his life. And, and we won't get to the bottom of it or the end of it. It's further in and higher up. It's always more. You give yourself to him and you just get to, you know, he, he deals with stuff and stuff gets kind of, you know, we get to be made more of a stone, little rough edges taken off, so that we can better fit into His big, wonderful plan for our lives. It's just being responsive. Uh, Tiffany had a word for me uh, the other night, and uh, it was, um, she goes, "I just, I was praying for you, and just felt like I was supposed to say that um, I saw you praying." amongst college students. I can't remember if she knew that they were coming or not, but praying amongst college students and speaking the Father's love over them, not knowing what I was going to speak about. And I'd been just meditating on this passage that, or this topic that Blake had asked me to speak on was the Father part of God. And uh, that just meant, so it was an obedience thing for her to say it, but it meant so much to me. It encouraged me so much. And I had so much faith when it was time to actually bring that message to you guys. And then start walking around and just saying, I just want to speak the Father's love over you. You know, it was was encouraging. That's what it it looks like. Faith mixed with action. You know, in 1986, it was a major crossroads. Maybe some of you guys are facing a big time deal like that. Maybe there's not something quite as big, but it is a crossroads. And the Lord wants you to say, Lord, I'm in. I'm yours. You've begun this thing in me. This word of truth's been birthed. And I want it to just absolutely transform my life from the inside out. The way I think, the way I speak, the way I touch people, the way I respond to you. I want to hear your voice. It's a a word about hearing God's voice. The voice of Jesus. So that we're inspired with real faith in our hearts, in our lives. And uh, there may even be, you guys, some cost. You know, sometimes there's cost. It's letting go of some things. Things that... Now you know what I'm talking about on this, right? You didn't, but you do now. It's letting go of something that you think is precious to you, but it's not a good thing to be holding on to at all. And let it go. Let it go. Okay? You know, I think the big thing today, too, is to just say, Lord, Lord, help me to see you. Lord, I'm looking to you. Lord, let me receive your love. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to respond to you today. Amen? So let's just, let's let the Lord deal with us here for a minute. we got ten minutes. We're doing great. All you have to do is leave here and try to stay safe on the roads. There's not a rush. So let's just, let's be in the Lord's presence here just for a bit. Stand up. Worship team, ministry team, come on up. And let's respond to the Lord here. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, for every... For every crossroads that someone's facing right now, I ask for grace today and just supernatural power. Your, your yes in our hearts. You may say, "I can't do it. I just don't. It, it seems like too much. It's too, it's overwhelming to me." And and I want to say, Christ lives in you. You know, Christ lives in those who say. Lord Jesus, you're the Lord, you're the King. He lives in you. And and we can live by his faith. We can live by his faith. Lord, I can't do it, but you can. And just, there's a surrender piece there. There's a believing piece there. Father, would you just meet us today? Every crossroads, decision, whatever your need is, just go ahead and come. If it's getting clear about who Jesus is in your life, get prayer about that. You know, this is an invitation time to just respond to the Lord. We do this every Sunday. There will be a final fill up. But if you have a need, don't leave here today without getting some help from somebody. Get somebody to pray with you. It just, it's so wonderful. Just you're going through something, and just have somebody gently place a hand on your shoulder and just pray for you. It's good. Whatever your need is, come.